0: Balanced mind with overwhelming memories. He probed his own thoughts delicately. The blessed sense of the present was still with him. He shrugged and decided to check if she was still around. The old place, the place he and Linda had shared for so many years, was in a once fashionable area. Even this district suffered from the decay infecting the rest of the city. Several blocks from the old place. He saw a husky man standing in the street. The man looked down one street, then slowly turned to look in the opposite direction, his expression that of a child. Corman knew he was lost, in both time and place, and walked over. "'Hello,' he said. The man peered back at Corman, looking puzzled. "'Where am I?' "'South side of the city, by the causeway.' "'Do you know where you live?' The man thought a moment. His hands, thick and strong-looking, fluttered aimlessly. The movement looked out of place on him. He seemed about to cry. "'I... I don't know.' He jammed his hands into his pockets, seeming to be ashamed at forgetting. "'It's okay,' Corman said softly. "'The only way I remember is with my card.' "'Corman pulled the metal rectangle from his own pocket "'and held it up for the man to see. "'You don't happen to have yours on you, do you?' "'The man frowned at the piece of metal in Corman's hand. "'He searched his pockets, scowling. "'His face lit up as he brought forth the shiny card "'and proffered it to Corman. "'Corman took the card and read it. "'George Martin,' he announced. "'Hi, George. My name's Corman.' He stuck out his hand. How you doin', George? Pumped Corman's hand and grinned, eager and friendly, like a big dog. Good, George. Good. Your card says you live not too far from here. I happen to be going that way. The lie came easily. Why don't I walk with you? That'd be great. The big man looked vastly relieved. He took his card back and followed Corman chatting happily. He spoke of owning a car, back before they were banned. He made it sound like a very short time ago, but Corman hadn't seen a car in over seventy years. He couldn't recall the last time he had been in one. He didn't try too hard, for fear of slipping back. He was glad the man still had his card on him. A stroke of luck these days, really. The cards had been issued when premature senility— or presen was finally acknowledged as a legitimate illness. Corman remembered getting his card, which emitted a beep if he got more than two meters away from it. In spite of this, some people still lost theirs. At first the caretakers would patiently find the person and return the card, but eventually they lost control of their own memories and drifted away like the rest. Even the card could not remind people strongly enough about the present. George talked about his family, who lived with him in the suburbs. He told how they had to take care of his mother, apparently an early victim of Precene. A cloud passed over the man's features as the mention of Precene shuffled his memory. "'That was a long time ago,' he said apologetically. "'Sorry.' I forget sometimes, we all do now. George Corman said. George turned quiet. Corman knew he was trying to get back into the present, treading carefully, like Theseus through a maze. They rounded a corner onto a broad boulevard, passing empty skeletons of skyscrapers. With everything so quiet, the sky could have been a comforting blanket, but Corman saw it as a shroud. Depressed. He looked out over the collapsed causeway and saw several birds flying over the water. The sight gladdened him. They turned twice more. Corman checked the numbers to find the correct one on an old brownstone. He stopped. George stumbled, looking up at the broken windows and the crumbling steps. He turned and peered at Corman suspiciously. Who are you? he asked. "'Just someone passing by,' Corman replied sadly. "'You live here, don't you?' The man flinched, as if struck. He looked up again at the faded building.